Salutations. My name is Justin Lohr. And I'm Liam O'Donnell. And you are listening to episode 1 to 29 of A Heart of Business. Heart of Business. Ha-ta-ta. And if you're asking yourself, why is Justin speaking in an offensive Italian accent? First off, it's Wednesday. No, shit, it's Thursday. It's That's why. Thursday. Yeah. Um, secondly, I'm an honorary Italian. And D, we are talking about two. Italian, how do you pronounce it, Liam? Giallo? Oh my god, I hate you so much. It's giallo, isn't it? You're such a monster. I don't, know why, I don't know why this brings you joy to torture people. like Because I don't have, because I am an empty human being, and I'm just fucking desperate for any kind of light and freshness in my life. And the only thing that brings me that is the brief moments when you don't realize I'm just being a silly goose when I do those things. I mean, I know. No, no, no. I do realize you're being a silly goose. What I'm saying is, I don't know why th- these sorts of jokes are what bring you the most joy. Yeah. I'll go back to the pond with the other silly gooses. <laughs> anyway, we're going to be, t- today we're talking about 1972's, <laughs> this is a fucking fantastic title, The Police Are Blundering in the Dark, and 1975's My Dear Killer. Um... Can we go back to the time when films had titles like this, like, all the time? I mean, <clears throat> this is definitely an Italian thing. There weren't a ton of American movies that were like, I mean, you know, this is a silly example, but it's one of the best, for me, one of the best Gialli there is, which is Your Vice is a Locked Room and Only yes. I Have the Key. It's such a long title that it just feels ridiculous. There weren't, like, American movies doing that. On the other hand... Is this a thing that is just Italy or is this like a Europe thing? I mean, I feel like I should know. I've not watched enough uh, Italian, Spanish, like movies of the 70s from this, the, you know, from Europe, which usually means it's either an Italian movie or if it's a Spanish movie, it's trying to be the Italian, you know, the Spanish version of that Italian genre. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh but for, for whatever reason, this wasn't as popular in other parts of the world as it was in Europe and especially in Italy. But uh, I could be wrong. Like, I'm not an expert on, like, I don't know, Japanese New Wave or something. You know what I mean? So, uh, but, like, they, they definitely had titles that were, like, full fucking sentences. You know, like. I love that. What, what have they done to your daughters? I don't, I don't know, man. What, what? Why are you asking? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Whatever happened to Solange or was one? I think that's yeah. I think I got that title wrong, but you know what I mean. Oh, right. man. Anyway, so yeah, so we're covering we're covering uh to uh Gialli. Uh, I just want to point out we are not experts. This is a genre that I would say is kind of contested. Uh, recently, one of our sister podcasts, uh, Twitch of the Death Nerve, was suggesting that. People are no longer arguing about Giallo anymore. They're now arguing about full car. What is and is not full car, you know, which is which is really funny because uh, the movie that keeps getting misnomered in both of in the one genre is now being misnomered in the other. And that people are writing articles talking about how Suspiria is full car. 
guess what, guys? It's it wasn't. Not. It wasn't a giallo, and it's not full carb. Just saying. No. Like, it, Suspiria is just what it is. I don't know why people need. I mean, let's all be clear here. Genres don't have walls. Genres have flavors. And either it has enough of that flavor for you or it doesn't. It's all squishy. It's not solid. But I think enough of us can taste something and go, yeah, there's definitely peanut butter in this. And the one guy who goes, no, there's no peanut butter in it. You look like an asshole. Like we're we're all on the same page that there's definitely peanut butter in this. And you're over there being like, no, nope, I'm sorry. I don't taste it. I, you know, there's no wall here. You're not like you didn't violate a law or some shit like that. But like. I don't see the need to like just pick random things and start calling them a genre, which they've never been identified with previously. I guess that just makes people feel smarter I mean, than other people. Or I something. mean, okay, this is, I'm not going to play devil's advocate because I'm with you. Suspiria is not a giallo film, right? But I understand why some people at first glance or maybe second glance might call it a giallo film. It comes from it, you know. It's it's Italian. Uh, Argento did it. It's kind of got like similar, like it's kind of got like a similar vibe almost. I mean, in that it's European and it's stylish. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but a lot of the other uh, uh, tropes of giallo are not in the movie. Not at all. Um. Why the fuck is it called a, a folklore film? What, I, honestly, I what just think region of their asshole did they pull that from? I just think it's because there's witches in it. I 100% can't think of a single reason other than there are witches in it. And again, whatever. If 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 you got paid writing that article, I guess that, good for you. But it's just weird. To, it's, it's a weird thing for me. Anyways, the point is, I just think it's funny that now after this whole, it, it, there's sort of been since that documentary in the box set came out, people talking a lot more about Polkar understandably because some of these movies that are in that box set, people didn't have an opportunity to see before. So it's brought the conversation up more. Uh, But uh, I bring it up to say, we are not experts in the genre. Giallo. I have some opinions. I've seen it more than like normal people have not seen as many as I've seen, but that doesn't make you an expert in a genre just because you've seen a chunk of them, you know? So I would, I would, I would, respectfully sure if i if i had questions about genre i would go to you and i'm not being i'm not being a goof about that i i hear i hear i guess for me though there's the giallo club podcast there's like the i think there's one called razors in the dark there's a whole bunch of people who have positioned themselves as experts in the genre so i just defer if you're willing to take that on in a genre that i like this genre a lot but the idea that i would feel the need to have watched all these movies and have like a strong opinion. That's a little beyond me. I like this flavor of exploitation. That's all I'm going to say. This is one of, if, if, if we're doing a horathon, I don't know that I need a ton of, of Jolly in the, in the mix, but if we're doing an exploitation marathon, I'd like to have a good Giallo in there, you know, like that's, it's a fun, uh, a, a fun slimy genre to me. And yeah. so I appreciate it, but like, I feel like there are people who are trying to get like giallo PhDs and shit. And I'm just, that's not where I'm at. Yeah. I'm not, I can't vibe with that. Again, not because I think it's not a thing to care about. If that's what you're about, much respect to you. People who can specialize in something. That's cool. I just don't, what I don't want is someone to listen to this and go, Oh, 
finally they're covering it. They must know all this stuff about the genre. I know a bit, you know, I, I know Sergio Martino. Uh, a good thing to point out is that we were going to do a Sergio Martino movie. It's on shutter. It is described as a, as a giallo. Uh, it's a, what was, do you remember what the name of it was again? Uh, the suspicious death of a minor. Yes. It didn't take a lot of research to have people going, is this really a giallo? Cause it feels like a police thriller. And then I was watching it and like, First of all, it's totally a mess. It's 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 partly a murder mystery and partly a slapstick comedy, which is just like a weird vibe. Uh, but it is Sergio Martino, one of my favorite Italian directors. So like it works. It's fine. But it's I just I was watching it and I was going, Justin's going to fucking hate this. We got to do something else <laughs> because it, with Giallo, there's some discussion of. If these movies even count as horror movies or not. Right. Yeah. And. I think if we did that movie, it would be even further outside the conversation of a horror movie. I think Giallo count as horror movies. I don't like when people just describe them as Italian slashers because that's not fair. It's its own thing separate from slasher movies. But is it horror? I think it's horror, but I know there are people who don't feel that way. And uh, again, I'm not willing to have that argument with anybody. Like that's, you can get in our comments about a lot of shit, but, uh, I just don't care. Like, if you're like, it's not a real horror movie. Cool, man. Like, it just doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> well, let's get into it. I mean, but, I'm excited. Are these the first Giallo movies that we've covered? Uh, No. Well, I mean, I guess, like, do you count, like, the Baba films we've done? Are they Giallo? <sighs> you know, I would say no, but I actually think, because um, we did Blood and Black Lace, right? Yeah, I think that's considered like an early, you oh, know what I hatch mean? It, hatch it for a honeymoon, and yeah, yeah. I again, I I don't feel like an expert, but I will say Bava. Not everything Bava did obviously falls into that category, but I think a lot of people look at it like uh, maybe this is like the metal conversation around certain Black Sabbath albums. Like, are these metal? Or are they not metal? And it's like maybe they're not, but like all the DNA is there for them to become that. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's sort of how I feel about it. But again, I, I also think like Bob is so weird that I don't really feel, I mean, you know, a uh, Bay of blood slash Twitch of the death nerve is like, you know, that that's kind of a proto slasher movie, even more than a Giallo. Right. But it's also so weird. It's its own fucking thing separate from those things, you know? Yeah. So anyway, anyway, I, I think um we did cover, Tenebrae? Did we cover Tenebrae? I don't think we did, no. Oh, okay, let's do that at some point. I think we've done Argento movies that kind of walk the line. Like, opera is not considered a giallo, but I think it has elements that are similar to giallo movies, so whatever. It doesn't matter. Again, this is all about flavors, guys. I don't know what the... There's no boundaries that I'm worried about, but these two movies are being sort of sold on Shudder as part of their, like, giallo collection. I think at least one of these is in the forgotten giallo box set from vinegar syndrome i actually think that's how they ended up on shutter like that whole box set ended up on shutter uh but uh you know if you if you think these movies don't count that's your call uh but i'm excited to finally get into some truly strange italian films that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet yes but before we get into these strange italian films we like to take a, just a moment to acknowledge and thank the people who are partially responsible for this podcast. We're going to start by thanking you, our beautiful, wonderful, beautiful patrons. That's right. You too can go to patreon.com backslash Nefunks and sign up to become a subscriber and enabler 
I'll call you an, an enabler to our bullshit. Um, so if you want to head to patreon.com backslash Cinefunks and hit that subscribe button, you too can be partially responsible for whatever me and Liam say in the next 30, squirty, 45 fucking whatever minutes. Yeah, and I mean, on one hand, this is a participatory model. You are, by being on our Patreon, part of the group of people who have contributed to this community. Also, you're complicit. You're complicit in yes. our fucked up And I hope you feel bad about that tonight when you're trying to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, of course, we also want to thank our friends over at Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. Not Chris Reject, of course. He's no, our fuck friend. him. Yeah, he's our enemy. But despite our animosity towards Chris Reject, we love LVAC. Uh, if you're trying to get something printed, like like Justin, let's say I'm like, hey man, I'm thinking of getting like a a a, a balaclava. Is that did I say that right? Yes. I, 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 and, and but I want to get uh the face of Pennywise screen printed onto the ski mask, and I'll just wear that around town. And I'm sure that'll be fun and not get me shot or anything. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that'll be a big hit amongst the ravers and the tool fans out in uh. Clarion Hills, Chicago, oh, <laughs> Illinois. Yeah. Uh, where would you tell me to go to get that done? We have Alley Apparel Creations. They will do that for you. If they can't screen print it, I'm sure they'll have someone who can embroider a photorealistic image of Pennywise onto your skin. They'll mask. do that for you. Yeah. Jesus. I'm going to get that done. Yeah. It Just because it would cool. bother Chris. Yeah. yeah. XLVCX.com. Now, let's say in your uh, your ponderings on how to make Chris's life more miserable, you find mm-hmm. yourself sapped of energy and you need a good pick-me-up and a, a nice, robust, some kind of hot beverage. Well, I think I'd head over and over to uh, EssexCoffeeRoasters.com. I could get coffee uh, roasted to order. I can get various teas there. All kinds of delicious, yummy things that you make that are hot, that are uh, 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 delicioso. They have a special right now. I don't know if people know about this, but uh, a, a little company called Rough Cut Fan Club has I've released have released a specialty coffee uh, combined with a shirt, all um, uh, and a mug, all uh, dedicated to the movie Heat by Michael Mann. Let me let me buy a cup of coffee. That's in the movie. That's what they do. Very the interesting. Very, very interesting. For that, you're going to go to roughcuffanclub.com. But for Essex Coffee Roasters, if you head to EssexCoffeeRoasters.com, let's say you're listening to this later when the when the roast is available just on its own on the site, you're going to go. You're going to pick out what you want: various coffees, teas, apparel. On your way out, you're going to enter code C I N E P U N X Cinepunks. That's the network you're listening to right now. They're going to give you 10% off your order. There's no reason not to do it. You might Why as well do, you do it. That? Just do it. And if while drinking that delicious, robust coffee, freshly roasted by guitar player Aaron Dobek of Bane and Converge and possibly 10-yard fight, I always forget it's not important. He's in Be Well. You become inspired <laughs> to use some kind of, you have some kind of specific media need. Mechanicalsharkmedia.com. Here's the thing. Mechanical Shark Media combines practical effects and video to meet your project's needs. You're going to go to MechanicalSharkMedia.com. That's it. There it is. There, we're done. We're done with that. Love you, Sharky. MechanicalSharkMedia.com. 
Sharky, don't kill me. <laughs> okay, ask me, ask me the question. Now comes the time in the podcast when I am driving some sort of large earth-moving vehicle with an ominous, you know, it's like the mechanical brontosaurus. You know what I'm talking about. And I, it's got a scoop at the end. And Liam is down by the fucking swamp. He's taking notes about the swamp. And I use the, uh, the brontosaurus thing to grab him by the head. And I lift him up. And just before his body is severed, I like peek out the window. And, hey, Liam, um, what have you done involving R recently? I like the idea that in this uh, process, I have enough. Oh, man. I just knocked something over. In this process, I have enough like wherewithal to reply to you, even as my head is coming off, you know? Of course. Um, uh, so I was going into this recording thinking, oh, shit, I don't have anything good to talk about for the horror thing. But I forgot it had been so long since we recorded that, mm -hmm. that I can reach way back into the memory banks and say to you, Justin, I saw Mathrigan in theaters. You did. I went and saw Mithrigan. How was Mithrigan? <laughs> uh, so I don't think did we actually talk about Mithrigan on the show? We didn't. We we just talked about it over text to each other. Yeah. So I believe I was shouting about how much I didn't like it, and you were trying to calm me down. Uh, yeah, something like that. Like I was I was basically saying like I don't know whatever, and I think we kind of came to the idea that the parts of it that felt especially stupid to you. We're giving me hope that the movie would be silly and campy and that it would be all stupid stuff. And then therefore I would have fun watching it. So I, I went to go see Mithrigan. And I will say that uh, when it comes to the actual like movie making ability of the movie, I do think it was actually of a higher quality than I would have assumed because I kind of assumed that this was going to be like the worst of the worst like to be level sort of like shit that just because it was made by a larger studio, it was getting all this hype, but it was going to be made like totally ineptly. That's not what it is, but that would have probably been more fun because uh, all the silly shit that's in the trailer is like all the silly shit. And then the rest of the movie is like fine, but it doesn't actually reach the level of like goofy insanity that I like want. Like I wanted like, you know, Mithrigan dancing like a like a like a bad lady. She's doing the dancing before she murders someone. I wanted that to be part of a whole series of dance sequences leading to murders. I thought that would be fucking awesome. Isn't it just like it's one just scene? like one scene? And now there is a certain attitude to it because it's it's finally the part of the movie where she's gone. I'm no longer going to pretend to not be a monster. I'm just going to do whatever I want. So I get that she's sort of like you know. She's leaning. She's you could make a very fun argument that Megan is about being a girl boss and that there's a certain cynicism to that that I find really like fun. But the movie itself isn't fun enough because the movie's also like uh, it, I don't want to say this too heavy, but I do think to a certain extent the movie's trying to have a message about letting technology parent our kids. And the last thing Mithrigan needed was a message. Right. The last thing it needed was like, honestly, a conscience or any sort of social responsibility. That was a mistake. This is a killer doll movie. Right. And not only is it a killer doll movie, it's a killer doll movie that acts like 
nerds don't know the first rule of robotics. Like, what kind of fucking Android developers? Like, well, I'm just gonna give this Android that four kids all the most advanced AI technology in the world, but like forget about the whole don't hurt humans rule. I'll just leave that part out. It's the first, what are we doing here? You know, how was that 50 years ago? Isaac Asimov was like, first rule of robotics, don't harm humans. Like that's like, we, what? We are four years out. We are four years out in real time. I'm sorry, six years out in real time from when, we finally conquer Skynet in 2029. Right, right. How the fuck haven't these people learned this yet? So, you, ne- you, you always put a stop check in a fucking robot's head. So, like, I get it. Like, the whole thing is that she is, this character is motivated by capitalism to not take the certain precautions that she should be taking. But, like, I, I mean, there, there are aspects in the movie that are very fun. I think the soundtrack is ridiculous and very fun. I think what's her name from girls who's in it is like a bit over the top in a way that I think is kind of fun, but the movie is like trying to do a little bit too much of an actually like scary, but important movie while also having the silly parts. And I just wish they had leaned into like Megan girl bossing everyone to death for an hour and a half. Right. And they, that's just not what it is. And, you know, I didn't hate it. I wasn't like, this is the worst shit ever. But I almost kind of wish it had been over the top enough that I might hate it. You know what I mean? Like, it was so, let's put it this way. It was so mild that I was bummed out, right? I feel that. And that's like, you know, I, I, again, I, if you loved it, that's great. I'm glad that there are people who are finding great joy in it. But I just really went in expecting something truly over the top. And what I got was like a pretty okay movie, you know, like. I guess if the trailers had been different and this was like, was this a Blumhouse John? This is a Blumhouse John, right? Yes. Yep. I have, I I know we're, I don't, I know we don't entirely agree on this, but I have super low expectations for Blumhouse movies anyway. So if this was like a movie with serious trailers that you had, like maybe talked me into going to with you and we went to see it and it was this level of silly, I might actually be more positive on it. Cause I'm like, Oh, I don't know. It was kind of entertaining. That's fine. You know, whatever. It's not like torture. Like some of their movies are, but they really leaned into like, look at us. We're a meme. We're so goofy. Everything's a fucking meme. And that's like, not what it is at all. And that not at all. It's not what it is enough. And that, that made me frustrated with it. So whatever. Mithrigan, I can't recommend it, but I did see it. Um, And then the only other horror thing is something that I think we both have been enjoying. And that's a, a little show called the last of us. Right? I knew you I knew this was gonna to get to you. Dude, I don't even want to talk about that last episode because I kinda of wanna keep the experience in my heart as fucking sweet and wonderful as it was, and because I don't trust myself to not fucking cry talking about it. I got it. you. I in fact all I'll say is because I do think like if you haven't played the game, there are a lot of like fucking surprises right like i just think and those surprises might be ruined for people who haven't watched i shouldn't say ruined they might not be as surprising for people who haven't been watching the show but have seen people talking about it but if you are someone who hasn't watched it yet and you haven't been part of the discourse i don't want to tell you about it other than to say that it's good because there are a lot of fun surprises in it there's a lot of well 
there are a lot of fun and not fun, utterly depressing surprises in it. And I want them to surprise you because I went in, Justin, knowing nothing. And all three episodes, I've been like, well, didn't see that coming. All right, cool. Dude, it's, I mean, I've been watching this show with friend of the show, John Carlo, who is an avid gamer. And The Last of Us has been a game he has been harping on me to play for 10 years now since it came out. And I've just been like, nah, I'm not going to play it. I'm too good for fucking video games. And even he has been like, that, man, that, like, this past episode, apparently from what I've gathered, what happened in this, this, the, 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 the gist of this past episode was an expansion upon something that is hinted at in the game, but is never really confirmed. And they, they kind of made it like a, they kind of gave it like a little, like a little sugar coating, not a bad way. They made it, they, they took something that was in the style of the game, which is there is no fucking hope. We have to go and find hope into something that is just amazing. I mean, the showrunner made it really clear, right? Like when the game is doing things that are great and amazing, there's not a reason for us to change a lot of that. And when the game is doing yeah. stuff that like is a, a little bit light or is wasn't considered important at the time, then we have an opportunity to make that a, its own thing for the show. So the show is its own experience separate from the game. That's what we're going to do. And that's what this is. They changed parts of it, but I think they changed it for a reason. And I think it does a lot of work. Um, yeah, I, again, I don't want to get too into it, but suffice it to say, uh, as someone who hasn't played the game, I really like the show. The people I know who've played the game seem also to really like the show. I know this isn't universal. There are people who are not stoked on the show. Uh, but for me and you, we're we're in, and we'll let you know if that changes at some point. But as of right now... I don't see it. I, I don't no, see it No, as of right now, this is one of the best things I've watched in a while. Um, yeah, this, this is definitely... Um, this might be... I don't know. It, it's it, it it's a very good um I think it's like the ultimate the ultimate uh culmination of like the Romero formula for like quote unquote zombie films in which there are human stories in the midst of like a collapsed world. Right. Yes. Yeah. And The Walking Dead was very good at doing that for a period of time. Like I, I think in the wake of it being this, like, you know, corpse in and of itself, I think people tend to forget that there was a period of time where there was The Walking Dead was telling really good stories that just happened to take place in a post-apocalyptic zombie hell. Um, and I think, like, so far, The Last of Us is doing a really good job of, like, um, just exploring what it would be like to be to be in this, this situation where like, uh, okay. When I was a kid and I first read, I am legend. The thing that struck me most about that was Robert Neville's loneliness and how utterly just lonely he was. And he, he had nobody. Um, that's, that's what I love about that story. And I think, like, I mean, the Will Smith adaption of I Am Legend 
gets a lot of shit, but I think that really captures just how truly desperate and alone that character is. And that being said, no version of the Matheson story or anything like that has really captured the just like quiet yearning for like human contact in a world gone utterly insane. Um, I think the night eats the world came close to it. Um, but this one was like, I don't need, Oh God, I don't even, I'm, I'm, I can feel like the fucking, <laughs> the stuff just bubbling up in my chest right now. Um, talking about it, but like, I don't know. This show is just like, th this is, this is, this is something great. Like we are witnessing something, uh, unfolding when it comes to, when it comes to that, uh, that realm of, 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 of horror and survival, uh, survival horror, I guess. I think that is probably true. Um, that, you know, there was one other thing that I watched, I forgot to mention was, uh, uh, kids versus aliens. Yes. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I think I love that movie. I think for me, you know what I'm probably going to say here. Don't say I am it. I'm going to say it. But well, no, actually, I this I'm not going to say what you think I'm going to say. Uh, uh, side note: Recently, I was messing with uh, Laura and our friend Adriana by saying that all alien movies are not scary, which isn't obviously true. Literally, it's just the ones that Justin likes. I think are specifically not scary. But uh, with this with this movie, I was going to say my other thing, which is I don't love when movies with aliens have aliens as like monsters that just sort of like flail around right yeah we've talked about yeah, this on the show it's not my favorite we, yeah this movie has that though and yet it's so much fun that i like wasn't annoyed by that i actually like was like oh that's fine whatever um and in fact when even though there is like a whole thing with meteors and stuff when they're in the cave they go to the cave under the lake where the aliens are there's a there's a part yeah. where it's like you know they could be coming through a dimensional portal down there in which case, mm -hmm. it'd be fine that they're weird monsters that flail around because who knows mm -hmm. what, what where they're coming from. So that kind of made it a little bit better for me. I will say that if they replaced Alien with any other creature and the movie was the exact same, but they looked like a different creature, I would be a teeny bit more into this movie. It's just with Aliens, like I get it, like this works. But part of me was like, I just... I, I just prefer aliens. If they're coming from millions of miles away, I want them to like, I want to believe that they could at least operate a, a calculator. You know what I mean? Like these guys, if you, if you, if they had a shot of these guys, like driving a vehicle, I'd be like, no, 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 no. Cause they, I'd be way into that actually, but I don't, I wouldn't believe it. <laughs> I would, it would feel silly, you know, but for the movie, it works because of the sort of things that the kids are doing. But again, that's, but this is partly why the movie works for me is that the kids and the way that the kids are utilized in the movie works really well. And so that being so important to the movie, it kind of made it where I didn't care about the aliens so much, even though they are the, the well, thing in the movie. Yeah. Like I, I, I kind of like forgot that this was the same guy who made slumber party alien abduction. And it was, 
an expansion upon that, but far more lighthearted. Um, and what's weird about this movie is, I I I typically I, I typically am like kind of suspicious of anything that's like, um, that tries very hard to be like retro. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think Psycho Gorman was successful at it because that movie was so goddamn charming, and I think this movie pulls off because like. It was so obvious that there was no, I don't want to say pretense, hearkening back to our discussion with uh, Adriana about like, what are they pretending or what, what's the pretense here? There was such a genuine love for ridiculous imagery that I couldn't help but like be charmed by this movie. Like I read an interview with the director and his inspiration for the scene on the ship was a fucking He-Man toy he had when he was, when he had was a he had when he was a kid and there's something that's so beautiful and like just sincere about that that i can't help but love it and not only that i was fucking bawling at the end of this movie you know like uh i spoiler because i want people to i'm not going to spoil it because i want people to see it but like that ending which was kind of like an analog for how like slumber party alien abduction ended. That really got to me. Huh? That's interesting. I, I, I definitely felt like there was a, a heart to the movie that I was not expecting, but I think helped sell yeah. the movie overall. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, this is like, I, I, I've said it countless times on the show. A lot of times when I say something is fun, there's sort of like an underlying, like, you know, the Southern bless your heart kind of thing. But like, there is no other way to describe this movie other than it is fun. Right. Yeah, I think that's true. It's it's you're not you're not belittling the movie. You're just admitting that it is a lot of fun to watch, you know, and 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 in that sense, it's accomplishing its goal. Like this movie was made to be fun. Right. It wasn't made to be more than that in some sense, you know. Also, I love the fact that the the three kids in it were so clearly excited to be able to swear as much as they did. That was so fucking adorable. Yeah, I think that's very present in the movie as well as this feeling of like, not just the swearing, but just all the shit that they're doing. Like, if someone was watching this and they're like, wow, isn't wasn't this hard for the kids? Then you're not watching the movie because these are clearly actors, child actors that are having fun being able to do all this crazy shit, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, did you did you have anything else? That's it for me. All right, so I will talk about a few things. Um, duh, 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 duh. I watched a little movie called "There's Something Wrong with the Children." Oh, I've seen ads for it, but I haven't. I haven't watched. It. It's quite good. It's quite good. Um, I started watching the Junji Ito Maniac on Netflix. Also very good. Um, I watched a movie called Mean Spirited. It was a movie. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. I have a review coming out. Um, there's a review coming out that I wrote for a little film called Husera the Bone Woman. Um, that em the embargo will probably be lifted by the time this comes out, but um, I liked it a lot, and not just because there's a Project X hoodie in it. Um, but the most recent thing I watched that really stuck with me was the film blood have you seen anything about no. this 
Um, it's got uh, who's in it? Um, is her name Michelle M Michelle Maganin? I can't. I don't. I, I I'm looking at the like the the tiny little print on the the poster on my Instagram. Uh, her Skeet Ulrich and a few child actors. Um, the plot is like relatively simple. You know, this woman going through a divorce. Her and her two two children move to a farmhouse that her aunt and uncle left her, and there's this like creepy tree, like on the property, like way way back in the property. And one night their dog gets out, disappears for a few days and comes back and is very clearly like there's something like not right. And he's got the eye shine, the spooky eye shine. He attacks the little boy. Little boy should be dead, but isn't. And then um, it kind of becomes like a morality and duress tale where um, this kid flatlines. And the only thing that brings him back is uh, ingestion of blood. and soon goes into like um you know because the tagline is like how far would you go to protect your family which is like i think a very oversimplified view of what this movie is about because there's also a lot of like really interesting implications on the concept of like bioethics and utilitarianism um and i don't want to go any further into that because that is definitely spoiler territory um but i just like this movie because it, it it first off Holy fuck, I had no idea Skeet Ulrich could act like this. Mm. Like, I'm not a big Scream fan, so I always kind of associate him with Matthew Lillard, who I think is just kind of a goofball. But he is fantastic in this movie. Um, all the performances, including the little kids, which is very rare, is fantastic. Um, it's It's got some, like, some creepy, ooky, spooky parts, but it's not a particularly scary film. It's more just like very dour and very sad. Um, because it, 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 there's no like, there's no disbelief on the, on, on, on the part of the woman. Like the best way I can describe it is um, if you've ever read Pet Cemetery, there's a scene when like Lewis Creed is like fantasizing about like, I'm going to take my little boy after he's come back from the fucking Micmac burial ground and we're going to go to Florida and we're going to meet my wife and my daughter and we're going to be a happy family again. And you're like, that's not happening. Like you're, that's not happening at all. In this movie, this woman quickly comes to term with what her son is. And most of the movie is her just being like, this is my life now. And it is unsustainable. And I am doing terrible things to, maintain what is a travesty a mockery of a family um and it's just really grim in the best way and i i it had the guts to go a lot of places that i think like um this movie could have very easily not gone and very easily could have taken like an easy way out um there was hints at like a deeper mythos that i thought was fascinating like just enough to kind of like get me interested if you know i'll give you a hint if you like full car and i know you do it's there um but yeah i just i really i really really enjoyed this movie and i i, I just couldn't stop thinking about I it i want to point out that the actress whose name that you butchered is michelle monahan yes who people might know from the show the path or from mission impossible fallout 
uh, or yes. from recently a movie I talked about, that movie Nanny. She's the neurotic mom in Nanny. Ah, she's very, yes. Michelle she's Monaghan, very, very yes. good in that. Yes. Uh, yes. But like, she's one. Of, she was also, she was, she was in Mission Impossible Fallout and the Nanny. You think you're so funny. I am a laugh riot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's one of those people that I think people recognize a lot but aren't sure, like, where do I know her from? You know what I mean? Uh, also, uh, True Detective was on True Detective. True Detective, great TV show. <clears throat> but you know what I mean? Like, it's interesting to see her. I mean, not that this is a big movie, but it's interesting to see her so top build on the poster because she's one of those people who I see and I go, I know her. But, like, it doesn't yeah. necessarily come to your mind right away why you know her. You know? Mm-hmm. So that's what I've. Oh, also, I saw. <sighs> watch a little movie called Skin of a Rink. Oh, yeah. We haven't talked about it. Have you seen it yet? Yeah. We talked. To, well, we haven't talked about it on the show. We talked about it at dinner when we hung out in person. Yes. Which was the best. It's the happiest time in recent memory mm-hmm, for me. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um. Uh, this is a movie I talked one of my one of my customers at work who knows I'm in the horror was in today and he was like hey man I saw you you you, you want to see a wild movie you got to see Skin and Rink I was like ah, all right you got like ten minutes so we can talk about this we just had a really cool conversation about it and like I've, I anyone who follows me on Instagram saw the very um ill advised <laughs> stupid fucking story I did about this. How, like, when I first saw this movie, I'm not going to lie, I was not a fan. But as time has gone on, I'm probably going to rewatch it later tonight because it's now on Shudder. Um, I don't dislike this movie as much as I did. And I understand why people really like it. And I understand why people find it, like, very frightening, even if I myself don't. I know what they like about that. That's the most you're going to get from me when it comes to me saying I didn't dislike this movie. Um, Because there were parts that I found of it that I found very effective. But I think your take, Liam, in that this could have been a very effective short film is so far the best one I've heard. Although our friend Adriana pointed out it was a short. And a lot of people I know hated the short, too. So maybe you can't make any. Here's the thing, though. Okay, human beings. We have a fucking craving to be unhappy. <laughs> I myself am guilty of this. They just, they were just, the, the grass is always greener on the other side, <laughs> but it's greenest when you're six feet below it. So fuck those people. Stop. This would have been a minute effective. If this movie were an hour long. Sure. I mean, I just think it feels like they, mm, it, it, I, I, there's also a thing here of, is it how much do you talk about with the movie? Because there's a way to talk about it that doesn't ruin anything in the sense of giving away plot points that are better to be surprises. It's more like it's hard to describe the movie without biasing what you're describing in a way that will set the person up to either be into it or not into it. I think there's a sense in which the movie holds back so much and expresses things in such an abstract way that for some people that will build tension, right? But for me, it felt like it got repetitive 
because it started to feel like they were just trying to fill up time. So like, that's why I felt like it would be better as a short, just because it started to feel like it wasn't justifying its running time that like, again, not that things have to quote unquote happen, but I do think that even when you're making a movie that's about, um, being slow and quiet and setting a mood, there's a way to do that that doesn't feel entirely static. Uh, and this just felt like they kind of were running out of ideas of what to do. And some of the most active parts of the movie, I think, show that they didn't have a lot of ideas of what to do. So that that's, yeah. I, again, I'm not saying it doesn't do some things very well, but... Um, if you're going into this expecting the the future of horror or a new vision, it's just the hype. The people who love this movie have hyped it so hard that I'm not surprised that people who didn't like it are like shitting their pants with how much they didn't like it. Because it's like when you've been sold that high a bill of goods and it's so different. It's the, the way I was describing to someone is um, this thing is being sold as like uh, the metal album of the year. And it's actually like a sun record, right? It's like, if it doesn't work for you, it's really not going to fucking work for you. And I get that it works for some people. And and in fact, uh, there are some things they do that I think are very well done, but it's like, uh, to put it another way, I I might be giving it too much credit by saying sun, because you could argue that if you like what sun does, they're the best maybe at what they do. I wouldn't know because that, that's not for me. But like, I don't think this is the best at this sort of thing at what they're, I, I, I think this is a bad example of the kind of filmmaking that they're trying to do. You know what I mean? And I think people are latching onto it who maybe have never seen something that is this weird and abstract and just sort of like not interested in a direct narrative. You know, you know, does that make sense? Well, I mean, uh, I mean, one one take I heard on this film was from a friend of the show, Tim Shaw and, you know, past guest. Um, And he was saying that he liked this movie because it reminded him a lot of like the weird art films that he would watch back in the 80s and 90s. Stuff like Begotten, you know, that's just like. uh, You know, there's not much of a narrative there. It's all about. Tim didn't say this. I'm not saying that Tim said what I'm about to say, but to sum it up in the parlance of our times, it's about a vibe. Totally. But, and if you get it, you get it. And if you don't, you don't, I guess the thing for me is I respect this movie for what it is trying to do at the budget level and trying to bring back, honestly, that vibe it's trying, it is trying to bring back that kind of vibe, but it's like, um, you might be in a basement watching a dude fart into a vocoder and say, this reminds me of wolf eyes, but that doesn't make it wolf eyes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, uh, lots of things are trying to do something else that might not be the best version of that. And for me, as someone who likes those sorts of things, like loves a begotten, you know, um, I don't think this movie nails what it's trying to do. So I get frustrated with like the excessive praise. But I also think some of the people who are really turned off by it, really angry about it, this was never for you in the, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not convinced that these people would have liked the best version of this thing. You know what I mean? Like I, the movie could could be the future of weird independent horror, 
And some of the people who are mad about it, you wouldn't know anyway, man. This is not your thing. This was never going to be your thing. You know, so I don't know. It's it's like I hate silent movies, but I tried to watch whatever Nosferatu or something. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like some of the folks who are like really bummed on it, it's this was never for you. It's just, in my opinion, it doesn't quite nail what it's trying to do. So whatever. I'm, I'm not mad I watched it, but um, I, no. I, I do think there's the potential there. Like, I hope these filmmakers do something next that is a little bit more refined a version of this you know yeah i got you i feel that all right we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to talk about our first film of the episode which is 1972's mio cari assassinano <laughs> don't ever don't ever let me speak in any sign like that ever again uh Released in America as My Dear Killer. We'll be right back. And we are back to talk about 1972's Italian-Spanish giallo film, My Dear Killer. I really, 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 really like this movie. I like this movie so much. Um, I think it may have been not the best film I've ever seen. Sure. But I put to you that this is a perfect film. That's interesting. I uh, don't be wrong. I really liked it too, um, and it does have the a lot of the elements of giallo movies that I think are very fun. So like, so many goddamn red herrings in this movie. Just a plethora of red herrings. And um, while I do think it's fun that sometimes gialli have red herrings that you know from the moment the person walks on screen, you're like. That person didn't do it. A lot of giallos, when the guy walks out, it, this is not a giallo, right? But in the movie Pieces, when the gruff, scary groundsman is like set up as a possible killer, you know that that's not the killer. You just know it's not because he's so obviously gross that you're like, that can't yeah. be him. 
uh, sometimes giallos do that in such a way where you're like, come on, there's six dudes in this movie that are so disgusting that they can't possibly be the killer, right? Uh, this movie has a ton of red herrings and a good chunk of them are viable red herrings. Like people who you're like, dude, oh, it's not them? Okay, I really thought it was them, you know? And I thought that was very well done. It also has a ton of style. Like visually, oh, the yeah. music, like so much stuff like really works in the movie. Uh, but but I, I'm sorry, I kind of took it away from you. Explain to me why for you this is a perfect movie. Okay. Starts out with the opening kill. Great kill. I'm not a big, big kill person. That was really fucking cool. And then, you know, so he's killed the, the excavator guy, like whatever. And then they find the driver and the driver's dead. And I was like, okay, I'm hooked right now. Because, like, they very easily could have been like, oh, we can't find the driver. Who was the driver? Blah, blah, blah. But they find the driver and he's dead under mysterious circumstances. And I was like, okay, now there's like, there's, there's intrigue here. I'm, I'm drawn in and we're 10 minutes into the movie. Um, and then you got like the police commissioner or the inspector or whatever he is. And he like, you know, he, hmm, he like deduces that the, 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 the guy didn't actually hang himself. And I was like, oh fuck, this is so like, the, the, like the way he broke it down. I just, it just struck a chord in me where I was like, yo, this dude is on his fucking a game. This guy's a compelling character. He's magnetic. He's fucking charming. He's just like, this is a great lead for this kind of film. And then like, we're introduced to the story about, um, uh, oh, what's, what's the little girl's name? Steph, Steph, Ste Stephanie, uh, it's Stefania, but then they call her Steffi too. Steffi. Yeah. Like, and like her story is so fucking sadly tragic like for real like they could have just been like yeah this little girl got killed but then it's like <laughs> uh, this little girl got kidnapped her father went to bring the ransom and they fucking killed him too well and and like, the, the movie does a tr good job of doing two things that i think is like really hard to do which is any one of these motherfuckers in her world which is mostly her family could have killed her right or 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 could have been part of this plot that led to her death right but also, yeah. the movie wants you to know that they all loved her. That even, yes. even the character who's eventually revealed to be the responsible person, that wasn't about him not thinking she's great, right? It's about other bitternesses and things in his life. And you can believe that about multiple characters. Not all of them. I mean, some of the red herrings are obviously red herrings, but... Um, there are multiple characters who you're like, oh, they really love Steffi, but they were capable of this or could be capable of this. That's incredible to pull that off in a movie that is like kind of like a, a light thriller, right? To have that much stuff going on in the character development when a lot of the movie is like not spent in deep conversations, but they, they really show you stuff visually that I think really works. And I also think when the thing that I, I, I think really this movie pulled off in a way that a lot of murder mysteries, you know, slash slashers don't pull off is that when the killer is revealed, I was like, Oh fuck. You know, because a lot of times you're like, why, who, who is that guy again? But like when you go back and you watch the movie, 
this person's initial introduction was so bland that it kind of slid under the radar. But then when their motivations were explained, they all made sense. I agree. And I it agree. like it it wasn't it was earned and it was brilliant how they snuck that in there. I just thought that was so well done. Um and then like all the kill scenes were so like so stylized and in a really I just the way the the way they were done, like it was almost like over the top, like archetypical, like, you know, giallo Im- imagery. But I was still just like, that's exactly what this movie needs. Right. That is exactly what this movie needs. Well, it doesn't really, it has a ton of blood and it doesn't have a ton of gore. If we separate the two by saying gore is when you spend all your special effects time making sure we believe that someone's flesh is being rendered in some way. This movie doesn't have a lot of those sorts of close-ups of gross stuff. But when someone gets attacked and there's going to be blood, there's fucking blood. You know what I mean? Like, so they know, okay, you're here for the for the grand, I don't know how to say this word in French, so I'm not going to try to say it, but you know, you're here for the, for the, for the show, for the bloody show. That's why you're fucking here, but we're not going to waste time. Like setting up some fake plastic bullshit on a, on a, on a doll or, or so, you know what I mean? Like it's, it, the movie's not interested in truly gross shit. Yeah. And I think like we were talking about this before we started recording, like there's a scene where there's like a, an, like a photo, was he a photographer or an artist? I think he's an um, artist. I think he's a painter. An artist. And he's a painter and he has this like, she's too young. Like there's like a naked girl and it's weird. Um, That was the only time when you're like, okay, that this is a red herring. But at the same time, that guy was clearly such a fucking like scumbag that you're like, oh, but, he, but he's up to something anyway. Right. I mean, I do. I do. I guess we should say for a movie, you know, Giallo movies have a lot of like, crazy shit in them the the only really truly gross part of this is that there's a suggestion of one of the uncles i guess uh of a possible sort of pedophilia angle that they only hint at and they don't explore and like i don't you know there's enough suspects that i don't think saying it's a red herring is ring anything it's it's a red herring it's just sort of playing into the assumption that a guy who paints pictures that include kids must be a pedophile, which of course this is Italy in the seventies. I think that's making a big assumption. I think in the U S right now, we're all, you know, for, you know, partly because of Epstein and partly because of the craziness that is Q, we're all ready to see pedophiles behind every corner. And when this movie was made, people were a lot less concerned with that sort of thing, but it does sort of suggest, and it's not in the fact that, he's going to be painting a nude model who's a child. It's that he looks incredibly embarrassed about it. And it's the embarrassment that makes you go, something's wrong with that guy. But then, but then the movie's like, they hint at it. And then it's like, that's not him. We can't keep this going. Like, I, I do think the movie knows when there are too many suspects a little bit and they kind of like stop emphasizing some people, you know, but, uh, but there's a moment with him where, I really was thinking like, ah, it's going to be this motherfucker. It's going to be him. And then they pretty quickly make it clear. He's not the guy or, you know, I don't want to say the guy cause it could be a girl, but you know what I mean? Uh, I actually think that scene was quite effective yeah. though at establishing the kind of like world that this little girl existed in where there are characters like this. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I, I, I think I thought, the movie is, I, I, I said that these movies don't have a lot of politics in them. And I wouldn't say that this one has politics per se, but it is interesting that all the possibilities of depravity are coming from these super rich people. And then the only like nice people we see other than the cops is a literal, uh, I mean, he has a house, so he's not homeless, but he doesn't own the shack that he lives in. And it's so devalued that he live is living next to a thing they keep calling a swamp that is actually a field where a sewer pipe broke and is now filled with shit water. That's where this old man lives. He lives in a fucking of a fecal bog. Yeah, he lives in a house on a hill above a above a a place so devalued that it's now a swamp of shit water. And he fucking <laughs> sorts through trash for a living. And while he's briefly sort of treated like a possible suspect, it's pretty clear pretty quickly that he's not and he's one of only like three characters that are like clearly good people in the movie which is like kind of a huge statement like she's in this whole world of possibly evil rich people and the good guy is a guy who lives next to the shit bog who sorts their trash you know what i mean like yeah he's not really i'm, I'm being i'm over exaggerating him being a good guy he's kind of a dick in some ways too but you feel kind of bad for him like his attitude seems to come from his age and possibly not being fully in possession of his faculties. But he has a love interest who's another older woman. She's great. She's like one of the like actually good people in the movie. I think there's a class thing going on there, but I don't think it's the sort of class thing where like the director's like has a point. He's more playing into the stereotype, which is like down to earth people are rough, but they're good. Rich people I mean, they can't help but be possibly perverted, right? Because they're rich. Yeah. And like, yeah. Okay. Sounds right to me. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I. I. I just. I fucking love this movie. Like, it really. Um. This is like, for once in my life, I've I was chasing something that I wasn't sure existed, and I found it. And it's this fucking. This is like the perfect like Italian like thriller for me, where it's like you know, black glove hands in the night and like secret things going on and women being strangled, which sounds weird that I said that, but you get, if you're, if you're looking for this kind of thing, well, I will say, I was going to say this earlier and somehow I distracted myself because I do that a lot. Um, It is missing some of the things that people like about other Giallo. Like there's, there's an extent to certain Gialli have, possible supernatural themes that always turn out not always often turn out to not be supernatural like there's a suggestion of a ghost or someone is psychic or you know what i mean like there's this extra element and then it's like it's not real or they never even answer if it's real or not like oh yeah. she's psychic and then the movie just moves on like that didn't happen or something you know so like for people who find those levels of like insanity interesting this movie doesn't have that but i think those elements in other movies uh, at least the ones that you've seen th those sort of sh uh, stretch your level of incredulity because the movie doesn't ever seem to care about it too much it's like they introduce it and then it just doesn't really matter and i think that's kind of can be kind of frustrating whereas this movie is much more interested in the actual mystery of it all and honestly so much so that it's i wouldn't call it a traditional giallo but it is a giallo and especially in its use of certain kinds of imagery, like, you know, the black gloves are there. The, the thing like we, the movie is very invested in you seeing 
this killer, but never seeing the killer. Like you see them yeah. do all these things where there's no, you know, more than every other character, but you don't know the most important thing, which is who is the person in the trench coat and the hat? Who are they? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I saw what they did and it was bad. So, um, but I, I also like the other part of it. I liked was that this person's on a killing spree because they're trying to cover their tracks and all these people they kill. It's always unjustified. None of these people have yep. figured it out. The first person they kill figured something out, but was looking in. It was, well, I don't want to give it. Uh, we're, we're hailing the mystery. I know this movie's a million years old to people. And so it doesn't make sense to worry about spoilers, but I, I want to agree with you. Unlike a lot of Giallo, which I still love them. Uh, unlike a lot of Giallo, the mystery here is actually pretty good. I, you know, it's not quite Agatha Christie level, but it's solid and it actually is interesting when it's revealed. So I don't want to yeah. totally spoil it for people. Whereas there are other Giallos where I'm like, yeah, and the gardener did it because it doesn't fucking matter, right? Like that's not why. <laughs> I mean, it's just true. There are movies where it's it's utterly unimportant who the killer is. You know what I mean? Like it's that's not why you're watching the movie. This is not that. This is very much a, but who did it? You know, like who's doing yep. it? So, uh, yeah, I, I got it. I, I don't know that I was as in love with it as you are, uh, only because, um, and this is a weird thing to say because it's not always something I'm looking for, but um, this movie is not particularly grimy. You know, a lot of, uh, not a lot, but a chunk of Giallo, you get a feeling that maybe you shouldn't be watching this movie. <laughs> That maybe it's like oh, pushing yeah. the levels of taste. This movie doesn't really do that. There's a little bit weirdness around the pedophilia angle, but for the most part, it's pretty whatever. And um, I kind of missed some of the the grit of it all. Uh, but it's so well executed, and I gotta agree. Like that main detective is actually so charming. Which uh, side note, I guess this could be accused of copaganda, but I think that's kind of missing the point, honestly, because it's really not about that about the police in general it's about this guy being tenacious you know he's not going to give up even though clearly the police gave up on this case a full year ago and he solves it pretty easily actually i still think that in movies detectives get a pass yeah i don't know i'm i i I lean that way but uh, it depends on how they're handled you know yeah so yeah i gotta agree it's pretty it's pretty great it's pretty great it does have enough style and enough sort of visual flair that I think most people who like these kind of movies would like it. Uh, and if you're a horror person who's never given this genre a chance, this might be a good place to start, especially if you like, I mean, this is weird to say, but killer movies, right? Like there's a whole bunch of horror movies where there's no killer, right? It's like a monster yeah. or a fucking ghost or possession or some shit. Not everyone likes horror movies where there's a killer. If you like a movie with a killer, uh, this might be something that works for you or, or, or a good place to start in this genre. Yeah, I agree. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about 1975's <laughs> this title is amazing. The police are blundering in the dark. We'll be right back.
And we're back to talk about 1975's The Police Are Blundering in the Dark. Uh, I, unfortunately, was not as excited about this film as I was about the last one. But I still think I had a blast with it. I think that um, one of the things that sells for me... Uh, my Wait. Uh, remind me of the name of the last movie. My Dear Killer? My dear killer uh, is that it takes itself very seriously, which might be a bummer for some people. They watch these kind of movies because they're silly. Uh, the, my dear killer is not silly. It has elements that maybe are fun. Uh, it might reach a level of arch that is amusing for people, but uh, the police are blundering the dark, despite having one of the most sort of killer titles of a movie ever. Uh, yeah. It's a bit goofy. It's a bit goofy. And I think the goofiness doesn't add to the proceedings. I think it draws away from it a little bit. Not only that, but I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't want to draw more attention to the title, but like, that's an evocative title. You just don't throw that shit in there and not fucking pay off on it. Yeah. There's very little, there's very little, if any, blundering. And there's almost no darkness. I do want to put out that this movie does deserve a little respect in the sense that this was a time when genre films were dominated by men. And this was the one time director, at least according to IMDb, the one time directorial debut of this female director in this genre. Uh, Helia, let me get her name right. Helia Helia uh, Colombo never directed anything else. Wrote this movie too. Uh, again, maybe IMDb is wrong. In which case, I apologize. But you know, not a lot of other women in Italy at this time making these sorts of movies. Really, any genre movies, you know. And so, I do want to put respect on that. Uh, but yeah, it's just um, the title I think is chosen to be provocative, but it doesn't actually represent. Um, what's happening in the movie enough for my taste. Yeah. I mean, it, it also had like one of the more, it was a stretch. Oh, you know, real you, or, quick, or, or, quick or, note on the title thing. I take it back. The movie was titled something else. Originally it was entitled the salad garden. Oh my God. But, uh, it, when it was shot in 1972, but it was shelved and wasn't released until 1975 with this more provocative title that I think was meant to like kind of sell the movie. Uh, and it's funny because the title, by putting police in the title, it, it kind of might remind people of a Poliziotecci film, which was another genre in Italy at the time. And according yeah. to IMDb, that was sort of the point. That Poliziotechi films were more popular than Giallo's, so they were trying to trick people into seeing it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> although the salad garden does make more sense, given you know what you know what we find out about this movie. Oh shit! Um, and I'm wrong about the other thing. There was no woman director named Helia Colombo. It was It was a pseudonym for famous music producer and man uh elio palumbo you motherfucker tricking me into praising Son you as a, a bitch. woman director because i'm too lazy to read the trivia on imdb 
your heart was in the right place. You're an ally. You're a scene. <laughs> well, I just feel stupid because I was like, oh, that's cool. Female director or whatever, whatever. And then bada big, bada boom. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, I just, this, this, okay. So this movie was like fun in a way that, um, I am going to be like, bless your heart. Uh, I, there was so much of this movie that I'm like, no reasonable person would fucking do any of this. Like when the journalist goes to the photographer's house, his mom's and He's like, yes, this is my wife and this is my niece. Uh. And then, like, this dude is obviously making moves on his niece and the dude is, like, totally cool with it. I just found that incredibly creepy. Uh, and then the whole thing with the fucking camera that can take pictures of your thoughts. What kind of fucking, like, desperate bottom-of-the-barrel bullshit is that? At least, like, have, like, a psychic... If the niece was a psychic and she could draw what other people were thinking, like I would have taken that any day over. I've invented a camera that can take pictures of people's thought. Like I just, I don't know. It, it just didn't. I, I'm totally on board for that level of stupidity. Actually, what I'm not, okay. what I'm not on board for is the long parts of this movie that were kind of boring. I think this guy, he, he's on the right path. Right. in making this thing weird uh, and filling it with narratively unjustifiable nudity. I think I think he knows that's what that's the vibe. That's what people are here for. I'm going to do it. But like. The killing is boring and not well executed. Um, the acting is stiff beyond the, the part where I really want it to be. Uh, and it just isn't if you're going to have the mind reading camera. Cool. But it's the only part of the movie that's really over the top. I mean, I guess the idea of the relationship between the niece and her aunt is pretty crazy in its own sense, you know? Um, yeah, but it, I just think the whole movie is just kind of like not reaching the level of, of either crazy or for that matter style. Like there are definitely moments in other uh, giallos where, the visual style matters more than the sensibility of the plot, you know, considering it's a, the, so many of them are murder mysteries. It's funny how the actual filmmaking will rely on what we were talking about earlier was with a movie like skin rink. There'll be a vibe and there's like a vibe yeah. going in a murder mystery. This movie has not a vibe. There is not a vibe to this movie at all. No, it just, it, it like, <sighs> Like the scenes that bothered me the most were the, um, it was when I think she was the maid is like sexually assaulted. Yeah. Completely apropos of nothing. Not saying it would have been acceptable, you know what I mean? But it was just like, what the fuck is, you know? And then like the whole thing at the end when, um, it's revealed who was it like the butler he's like oh yes that was my sister and i was like what kind of weird shoehorned in bullshit is that like you didn't need to have that guy be the oh i was a secret private detective who was you know on the case and all this shit and it was like oh all right at no point did i there was nothing about that that makes any sense and at no point was 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 that like a 
you know, that was like a completely out of nowhere and not hinted at at all. Um, and then just like, I don't know, like the big reveal where like the guy realizes the photographer realizes who the killer is when he's looking at his machine. Like I had to rewind that like two or three times and be like, Oh, okay. He, that's where he got it. Okay. Yeah. It was the dinner when they take, took all the pictures and he, okay. Yeah. This is had to dig a little deep for that. Like, I don't mind doing work to get a movie, but like, come on, that's a stretch. Yeah. I, I think it, I think it has the bones of a good idea. Uh, Oh, absolutely. But, well, part of, part of it is that it, in, in its weirdness, it actually feels a little predictable. Um, I will say like, I also think, um, I'm a little bummed out. I, I guess I shouldn't be that bummed out. You know, in, in Italian films of this era, misogyny is a theme. You know, that's part of what's mm -hmm. going on in a lot of these movies. In this, it, it, it's weird to say there are levels to the misogyny, per se. And in this movie, it just feels like unnecessary. We're, what's happening? Why is this a part of the movie? It just doesn't really work in any way and yeah um even the idea that he's there with this uh maid who is uh i guess a nymphomaniac or something like it's just meant to be there to make it kind of salacious but it's not salacious it's just kind of weird you know um, yeah i don't know it's it's not terrible but i do kind of like I, I watched this one before the other one and I was kind of thinking like, man, this would, this will be a bit of a disappointing discussion if the other one isn't better than this. Cause it, it just feels all very like, um, I saw someone else do something and I'm trying my best, but it doesn't quite get there again. Not awful. It's not an awful movie, but it, it feels paint by numbers, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like, I want to say that, like, I felt that this, a lot of this cinematography was, like, kind of flat. Very flat. Except the one moment that wasn't was very paint-by-numbers. It's the first scene we see when they're all at the table, and the camera is, like, swooping around them, and it finally settles on, like, the, 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 the guy whose house it is. And I was just like, okay, that was, that was cool to see, but I've seen it done in movies so many times before. It reminded me of the one scene in Possession when Sam Neill's getting like interrogated by his bosses. Um, and I, I don't know. I just, I just felt that this director wasn't really, and I feel like such an asshole saying this, he wasn't taking any risks. You know, this was a very like, quote unquote, safe movie to make for this time period. Um... And that's not to say every movie needs to be uh, the fucking groundbreaking work of cinematic uh, courage that is the cinematic adaption of Dean Koontz's Phantoms, but <laughs> <laughs> this felt gutless. Yeah, it felt like it, it. It 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 felt gutless, and it felt like it wasn't really um, in it to win it. I guess. Which is worse than being bad, because this was not a bad movie per se. It was just like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I know there are people who really like this movie. That's fine. This is not 
this is not what I'm looking for from the genre necessarily. It just felt like it had some of the things about the genre I don't love uh, without really delivering on the stuff I do love, with the exception of, for me, the ending, once we introduce the, the thought reading machine and we're trying to build towards that crescendo of the machine uh, and, and it's revealed who the killer actually is, all that I kind of thought was cool, but it was like yeah. it, ending on that note didn't justify the rest of the movie, which kind of just plays like so. Again, you you know, I like slow movies. I don't need a movie to be a fucking action packed banger. But it just feels like midway through the movie is confused about what it's doing. And it's, and it's kind of just treading water until it can finally go. And look at all this crazy shit at the end. And I just, it just yep. felt, I don't know, like, like a bit of a slog to get through. I, I, I couldn't agree more. So I think that's it for the police are blundering in the dark. I think we will do more movies like this in the future if you're thinking oh, i can't believe they did those two that we'll we'll get to this this isn't the end yeah calm the fuck down we're, yeah, we're getting yeah, there. yeah yeah but these were i mean literally i said to justin pick two crazy italian films on shutter because they just added a bunch and and i guess that's a <laughs> shout out to shutter which we've done before so that's not a big surprise but they've added some interesting stuff recently so if you've if you've yeah. never checked it out i think it's a good service to check out and and i'm glad they added some of these uh, I think this one specifically is on the Forgotten Gialli collection from Vinegar Syndrome. So if our lackluster review has you itching to see it, maybe check out that box set as well. Mm-hmm. All right. As always, thank you for listening. Head to Cinepunks.com to check out more episodes of this podcast and some other fine podcasts. The The Carnage Report just put out a, put out a new episode. You got it like that. What are they talking about? Sick. Talking about the movie Sick. Carnage Report. Yeah. Uh, Twitch of the Death Nerve just had a guest on. Uh, they did two Polish folk horror films, The Devil and She Wolf. And so they had a guy come on who's an expert in Polish history. So he talked about the historical context of the movies. It was a really great conversation, a lot of fun. Interesting. Did you talk about Polish history between 1939 up to 1945? I mean, the movies weren't about that, but they did talk about that a little bit. Uh, Weren't about what, Liam? <laughs> I think you know, Justin. Ah, yeah, I got almost got uh, you. No, no, no. But, you know, the devil, both the devil and she-wolf are set during the partition. So that, that oh, that's, okay, okay. that's what they discussed. But also the devil was a very controversial movie. And they talked about how, though the devil is about the partition, it's also about the student uh, riots of the 60s, right? And the efforts the government was making to kind of direct the students in specific ways, you know? Cool. Cool. Um, and also you just did a really cool episode. Uh, did an interview. Was that on Cinepunks? Yep, with, uh, Josh Rubin. Yes. So check that out at Cinepunks.com. If you're interested in becoming a patron, you can hit the patreon.com backslash Cinepunks. As always, thank you to our, lovely sponsors lehigh valley apparel creations essex coffee roasters and mechanical shark media which can be found at www.xlvacx.com essexcoffeeroasters.com and mechanicalsharkmedia.com all respectively um and until next time i hope the eagles don't win the super bowl stop go chiefs stop. go stop. Chiefs. how dare you how dare you
Not even because I care about the Eagles or the Super Bowl, but how dare you bring that kind of heat on our podcast without telling me? I I I do not support Justin in this. Go Philly in all things. All right, fine, fine. Let me say something else that's outrageous. Um, can't believe you uh, bring that kind of heat on us. Fuck George Santos. How's oh, that? That's easy. Yeah, that dude sucks. Here we go. Okay, bye. All right, until next time, take care. Do you scan the night sky in search of unidentified aerial phenomena? Do you lose sleep over strange projects funded by the CIA? Ever wonder which orifices ectoplasm comes out of? Come explore the unexplained and unexplainable with us on our podcast, Weird, Obscure, and Possibly Unsafe. We'll talk about telepomancy, haunted railroads, sentient umbrella spirits, mind-altering video games, remote viewing, SpongeBob conspiracy theories, and only gets weirder from there. Each episode will share three stories about all the weird things they tell you not to believe. Weird, obscure, and possibly unsafe. Available anywhere you get your podcasts! Hey! Hey!